every Arizona homeowner's best friend, and it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house, your weekend wake-up tradition. We're going way out back tomorrow to the back 40. First Saturday of the month here in March. We're joined with Arizona Farm Bureau spokeswoman Julie Murphy. And it is March's National Celery Month, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, among other things. But we try and select commodities that are coming off of our local farms and ranches that are being harvested in real time and help connect you, the Arizona homeowner, with this $23 billion food industry that we rely on here in Arizona. Yes, it's a celebration. And, you know, March, for our foodie friends, they should love this month because every day there's some type of food celebration. Not just every week, but every day there's some type of – and, in fact, it's on Fill Your Plate. It's this week's blog. And uh, so we can really celebrate food and certainly celery in March. And we're growing it in Yuma mainly, also Maricopa County, and it's one of it's like another one of those fruits and vegetables vegetables that's really uh, robust here, and we do a really good job of it because we've got really good farmers. Well, and it is right there at fillyourplate.org. You click on the blog; it's the premier one. I'm glad I didn't know this until now. I'm 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 not disappointed that I missed cream pie banana cream pie day on on the second, but we've got Irish food day coming up on the seventeenth. Artichoke Day on the 16th. Crunchy Taco Day on the 21st. What's today? Today is Cereal Day. Cereal Day. (laughs) See, there's a food celebration for every one of the days in March. All 31 days. With a bowl of Dan Sizen milk on the top. Yes. Mm. I'm looking for dairy. (laughs) Local milk. There you go. Milky Way Day, the 12th. (laughs) Yep, it's... uh, it's a cornucopia of food days on March, and but I'm glad that we've picked celery as our commodity because uh, while I don't have USDA numbers on that one, we have a lot of great fruits and vegetables we're growing here in Arizona, and we're just winding down a lot of the fruits and vegetable production in the state of Arizona, certainly in Yuma County and Maricopa County, but Heck, we do it all. We grow the med diet in the desert. It's considered one of the Mediterranean diet is considered one of the healthiest diets in the world. And we can grow it all. If you were ever to look at a food pyramid that represented the Mediterranean diet, and by the way, we have stories on that on both azfb.org and fillyourplate.org. If you were to look at the med diet pyramid, every one of them, including the section on fish, it's something that we grow here in the state of Arizona. So that $23.3 billion industry, even though it's a engine to our economy, it's also a health engine to our hearts and our souls and our minds, <laughs> our bodies. <laughs> so it's all good stuff. And some of the health benefits here listed for celery uh, lowers high cholesterol and inflammation, prevents or treats high blood pressure. Those are all good uh, benefits. And, you know, Celery by itself. You know, my favorite way to eat it is just peanut butter. Got to add the peanut butter. Yeah. And the, something about the crunch of celery. And uh, your mom was telling me something about the Trinity for Cajun cooking. <laughs> I have to hear this one. I mean, oh, we're close to Easter anyway. We need to hear about the Trinity. <laughs> it's just a silly thing in Cajun food. You always have your three base vegetables. And that's your celery 
your onions, and your bell peppers. Oh. And you stir that into your roux, and it's like a cooking trinity, not like the holy trinity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah take it lightly. And, <laughs> and with your little celery and peanut butter, you can put little raisins on there and tell those kids it's ants in a boat, and they think it's even better. Ants in a boat. Ants yeah. in a boat. That'll get the kids uh, to eat their celery. So we'll have plenty to talk about when it comes to this commodity. But before we uh, cover more of that, you've got a special guest on the line you'd like to introduce? Yes. His name is Chaz Shelton, and he is with Merchant Gardens. Uh, Chaz, how are you? Hey, doing well. Good morning to you all. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. I know on your to-do list you probably have a thousand things to do, but this is one of our farmers. He's a member of Arizona Farm Bureau. He's based in Pima County, specifically in Tucson. And Chaz, I just want to let you tell your story. I'm I'm classifying you as a beginner farmer because farming's not as heavy in your background as maybe some of the other families that are members of Farm Bureau, correct? Oh, man, yeah. Beginner is a generous title, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm as green and novice as you can get to the world of agriculture. Well, the green part of it, I think it's going really well because I've seen some of the produce that you guys do at Merchant's Garden. So so tell us your story. Yeah, no, well, hey, thanks again for having me. I really appreciate any opportunity to share our story is, is, is a joy of so. <clears throat> um, but yeah, my, actually, my dad and I started a farm down in Tucson about five years ago. So in January of 2016, and neither one of us had... Uh, you know, a bit of experience growing food. Um, and we just were, were really passionate, curious guys. And, and I had worked in, in, in public health for a number of years and, uh, and, and worked on, you know, in, in Philadelphia and working on, you know, food-related policy around access of healthy foods. And so um, we came up with this idea to, hey, if you just build a farm in the city, surely people will, will get healthy and we were we were naive enough to think that was a, a really easy endeavor um but you know five years later we're we're still learning just the basics but um but it's been a blast so we we um <clears throat> in 2016 we came downtown tucson and we redeveloped one of the schools there within the tucson uh, unified school district that had been closed for two years uh, we we developed uh, that football field into our actual farm. So we leased the property from the school district there. We built about 10,000 square feet of, of greenhouse out there. We're two and a half miles from kind of the core downtown area uh, of downtown Tucson. Uh, yeah, and we produce leafy greens. So we do, you know, romaine, butter lettuce, green leaf, red leaf, uh, a little bit of bok choy. Um, and, and basil as well. Um, we've been, yeah, we've we got a team of about six of us, and, yeah, we've been having an absolute blast. It's It's been great. So each year we get better. But, you know, I <clears throat> I tell people I, I still don't think I've earned the title to be called a farmer, but, man, we are we're producing food, and um, we do about a half a million units down here in, in, in Tucson, well, when you say half a million units, what does that mean for the listener? Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, between our, we sell in um, three different customer segments. So we'll sell into restaurants, schools, and grocery stores. And so um, <clears throat> we'll sell one ounce 
clamshell basil that you'll find kind of the herb section in your grocery store. So between that and our head lettuce, um, yeah, uh, it comes out to about half a million units a year. Wow. So, um, and I think you even picked up a contract with Whole Foods, correct? At least maybe for their stores. It seems like one at one point I was thinking that had occurred. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 absolutely right. Yeah, we we are. Um, we sell down here in Tucson in the Whole Foods store as well as the um, AJ store. So. We um, we have been having conversations and are approved actually to sell all across the state here in Whole Foods and in the AJ stores and we absolutely love to get there. You know, as we um, kind of grow and mature as a company. So, um, twenty twenty. As you, and each year you've been able to scale, correct? You're talking, yep. you're producing about half a million units, and so every year you're kind of expanding on that, but kind of conceptually. The, your whole model is different. You're basically doing aquaponics, and it's all under a managed greenhouse controlled environment, correct? Yeah, exactly, Julie. Yeah, so we do everything in a controlled environment in a greenhouse, um, and then we use a recirculating irrigation or, or or water system for our plant production. So everything's recirculating. Um, any water that we lose is from evaporation or what's transpired from a plant. So, and then on top of that, we use fish as our fertilizer. So it's an aquaponic system. We've got about 10,000 pounds of tilapia uh, in tanks in there. Uh, and we take their fish waste there. And, and that's kind of the fertilizer that we have to go into our, our, our produce. And so, you know, we're the only, uh, that, that allows us to be uh, USDA uh, organic certified so we're the only um organic certified farm in pima county here um yeah we're excited we want to bring the highest and best quality of food to to the folks here in tucson and specifically downtown so you can say it's closed loop you're you're doing the whole process the whole system and um how did you conceive? Exactly. Yeah. How did you conceive that? I I know that you you're from Chicago, right? Didn't you get your master's there or something? Did you kind of build build <laughs> yeah. out on this business model or? <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a <laughs> I'm a Midwest guy. I wasn't in Chicago. I'm originally from Michigan. Okay. Um, but then I was in I was in Philadelphia. Yeah, I was I was um I was doing a graduate program there at, at UPenn and. Um, and then I bounced over to uh, Indiana University and got my MBA there. And so kind of built the, the company business model there while in business school. And um, and then we started researching, hey, who's the best in the world that, you know, kind of this greenhouse farming, hydroponics, aquaponics, and all roads pointed to the University of Arizona. Yep. So, awesome. you know, we did about farming. So we said, heck, we build it in their backyard here. Hopefully we can knock on a few doors and ask them some questions to come help us out. And, and they've been a great, uh, you know, partner of ours. We were doing kind of joint research and, and we hire, you know, interns and, and full-time folks here for us at the farm. So it's been, it's been a great resource for us. And did I hear you earlier say you had a team of 16 people? participating sorry I, I love we're hoping in the near future 16 but yeah right now there's there's six of us here so what's been the biggest surprise to you though obviously you built out a model and it's working you're in year five for a new business the fifth year is kind of the magical year uh, but yeah. what's been the biggest surprise to you 
quote unquote, you, I know you still have a hard time calling yourself a farmer, but you're growing food. What's been the biggest surprise yeah. for you? You know, <laughs> there's, every day's got its you know list of surprises and stuff like that. You know, one of the things that we were really blown away by was, um, you know, I think probably just how disconnected a lot of the consumers here are of, of where their food has come from, you know, comes from and just what a farm is like. You know, we have a lot of tours and, and, and um, you know, classroom um so you're tours and in, in, in for a number of people and students, it's their first time actually, you know, touching, touching food that's, you know, being planted and, and cultivated and, and well, seeing the first fish they've ever seen before. So well, that was we'll, a huge surprise. We'll continue on that when we get into our next segment. Celery stops at midnight, looking in the moonlight, what's this funny Here in the Farm Fresh Hour, our commodity for this month is celery. It is National Celery Month. It's uh, every day of the year is a di- or of this month is a different food month. But we've picked celery. It's something that, like you had mentioned, does grow locally here. And we've also got a uh, guest, Chaz Shelton. If you were listening, and we were all very intrigued by his story and his farm, it's Merchant garden.com you can log on and learn more about uh what he's doing and as we were going into the break we had to we had to interrupt you Chaz. we can do a lot of things here but we can't stop the clock so let's pick back <laughs> no problem <laughs> yeah i was we're uh, curious about who's getting to see your farm and will it ever open to the public kind of pick up where you were at yeah 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 so initially we started uh, our farm and we were doing tours every Wednesday with the Tucson Unified School District K through five classrooms. And, and that was great. And so we switched, you know, kind of switched gears a little bit in the last two years, just to focus on, on growing, but Hey, this, uh, this summer, you know, and, and going into the fall we're, we're, we have plans and intentions to actually open on-site sales at the farm as oh, well good. as provide kind of like a weekly tours to the, to the community. You know, our mission is fresh food, accessible and affordable. And, we want to hold ourselves accountable to that. So that means opening our doors. You do the schools, restaurants, uh, some retail markets, but now you're not in a farmer's market, correct? Is that one of the reasons why you're opening to the public this fall? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we have the fortunate pleasure to be very close to our customers and consumers. And so for us, yeah, why not? Why not open our doors? And um Yeah allow them to come and see what we're doing. We, you know, we really believe, you know, um, if we can show people how their food is being produced and even allow them to engage in that production, that's really going to change, Hey, how people are purchasing and falling in love with their greens. So we, if we can be a player in that, we'd, we'd love to be. And do you have room to grow? That was a good question by Rosie here on Rosie on the house. Yeah, 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 we do. Yeah. And that's also one of our kind of our strategic milestones here for 2020 is that we hope to to increase our production or our greenhouse space here this year. Um, so in addition to being able to service kind of Southern Arizona, 
we really have a passion to to get a reach up into the Phoenix area and use some of um you know our great customers like Whole Foods and Bashes and AJs to to be able to extend that reach. And you did mention some of the crops, so I would imagine with this expansion, maybe you will diversify even more with some of your vegetables possibly, or are you going to kind of st- stick to some of those core veggies you mentioned er- earlier? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, you know, even to your earlier question, one of the things we've learned, hey, just to grow one product is, is so difficult, you know, and it for is. us, it's really scary to, to think about, you know, expanding and others, you know, I think we want to be the best in the world at, at a few core products. And, and we, we think leafy greens, and specifically a couple different herbs uh, are, are the ones that we could be great at. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of where we're focused for now. So we'll always see your product in a good salad. Hey, I hope. Yeah, I hope. We're we're in about forty to fifty restaurants here in, in, in Tucson and with Tucson, you know, kind of a the food scene exploding with this designation of the city of gastronomy um, yep. by UNESCO. Um hey, we're we're hoping to tell tell a great story. The diversity um of Arizona agriculture in general, but just even in the Pima County county area where you reside is amazing. And, you know, speaking of that diversity, I kind of like to highlight this a little bit more. So uh, USDA every year assesses, they aggregate what they call the cash receipts of some of our products. And, and just in the top 16 crops, this is not including all of the ag commodities here in Arizona, but like we've got our, our beef industry cash receipts for this last cycle that is uh, we have numbers to report was $848 million. Uh, dairy is $769 million. We've got head lettuce at $454 million. Romaine, um, here in Arizona alone, we generated $333 million cash receipts in Romaine alone. And then it goes into some of our other ag commodities like all hay, uh, cotton, leafy greens, cantaloupes. And that total, again, for those top 16s is just that $3.6 billion dollars cash receipts it's not aggregating all of the contributions to the economy one of the reasons why i like to bring these numbers up because number one i know romy likes numbers <laughs> so i'm doing this for you romy thank you but the other point is if you look at just our top 16 ag commodities and Chaz can claim this it shows that it's mostly fruits and vegetables so that's a good thing we had a few nuts too yeah, yes, we have, we have a few nuts in Arizona. Lunch, just some lettuce, two celery stalks, no booze, no potatoes, no ham. Dinner, one chicken wing, brawl, not fried, no gravy, no biscuits, no pie. And his diet and diet and diet and diet and show is a rough way to die. So fast baby carrots. <laughs> I'm waiting for a salary somewhere. Yeah. So you didn't have your headset on. That's the first thing Bobby Bear was singing about, two celery sticks and uh, something else oh, for good. lunch. Oh, yeah. good, good. I missed it. <laughs> two celery sticks. It'll uh, help you uh, prevent ulcers, protects liver health, and boosts digestion. Eat that celery. It, uh, it's one of those things, if it wasn't in such a staple of... Cajun food, I would probably never eat it. That and tuna, because through high school, to stay under my wrestling rate, 
weight class. That was all I lived on was celery and tuna for months out of the year. And I got my fill at a very young age. <laughs> I bet you did. But yeah, you know, to your point, because of your competition in wrestling, weight loss is one of the big elements. And anybody that takes their dieting seriously, they're probably going to add celery to it. So it it helps with a lot of things. And I'm glad that here in Arizona, we grow celery. So good segue to asking, Chaz, I'm going to put you on the spot. So what's your diet like? You obviously <laughs> preach healthy eating, but I'm curious what your diet's like. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Chaz Shelton. He's the owner and founding member of Merchant's Garden in Tucson. And you just got put on the spot by Julie asking his personal yes. diet. <laughs> what's your diet? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I was, if I have to admit, like, you know, I didn't get into this business because I was a huge lover of lettuce. You know, I think there's so many other amazing reasons why we, we hopped in this, but I have fallen in love with lettuce. I usually do a head of lettuce every morning for breakfast. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but actually I'm in the season of Lent right now and I've given up meat. So I'm doing just vegetables for the first time in my life, which is, you know, I've done, you know, I've gotten rid of the sweets before, you know, the sodas and all that stuff, but Taking meat totally out of my diet has been my biggest challenge yet so far, but it's going great and and we're feeling healthy. Well, hopefully it's just for Lent because I'm telling you, there's no way I'd give up my meat. And I have, I have. Oh man, <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. I um, love it. I love it. Yeah, but giving up we'll the see, chocolate, you know, that's mm-hmm. tough, especially before Easter to give up chocolate. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. So, so yeah. you you do eat what you grow. It sounds like. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We, you know. We've really fallen in love with our fish too. Yeah, we have a, a, a processor out here in town that'll clean them up for us. And yeah, we we love having our fish weekly here. Well, and to that point, and you're using that as part of your system, the fish produce your fertilizer and allow you to be USDA certified organic. But now are yep. for the mature fish, I mean, is are you is that also one of your products that you're selling or is it exclusively focused on how you've got this closed loop system in your greenhouse? You know, the the fish are most valuable for, for that black gold, that fertilizer that they give us. Um, but you know, as they reach harvest weight, which is about a pound and a half, we do sell those. We'll sell them to a wholesaler who moves them uh, kind of across the state, but and, and a few different restaurants. Um, so we are actually Monterey-based, sustainable seafood certified. And, and that was one of the attractive things about getting into this business was kind of a, a high-protein diet as well as, you know, the leafy greens, so so totally balanced. And, you know, I had a chance even uh, this week, yesterday, uh, a gentleman, we gave a tour from, from the University of, of, of Arizona and, one of the gentlemen was from Puerto Rico who was doing, who's trying to do a similar model there after disaster relief. So, you know, I think if we think about the future of our company, we'd love to, to be able to, to go into locations that don't have access of, of the protein as well as, you know, the leafy greens and, and high dense nutrients from there. Well, go ahead. This, this business model just really intrigued. I'm, I'm asking a million questions inside my head. Am I yeah. oversimplifying it by saying this is Mel Bartholomew 
organic on steroids? <laughs> I mean, we've turned yeah. we've turned a school football field into a hydroponic organic garden supplying 40 restaurants, two grocery chains and school system. Yep. I mean, this is this is square foot gardening on steroids, isn't it? Have you ever thought of it that yeah. way, Chaz? You know, I, I haven't. That's a, that's a real, that's a fun way to put it, you know. But we really know, man. Uh, these farmers across the state of Arizona are 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 big time, and they're doing amazing things. You know, our hope one day is to be able to kind of service Arizona in the ways that they are, and and do that. And yeah, we we have kind of a smaller footprint here. And, in the city, but, you know, we really hope to be kind of the intersection between, hey, what's happening out there in, in, in rural America and uh, to what, you know, to, to your plate. And so if we can be any part of that, we'd, we'd love to. And I think that's what's so cool about some of these farming models when you are sitting yourself or setting yourself in a place that's a little bit more abnormal or unusual and yet you can grow and it can prosper so i i just i love that question for you because you're in a greenhouse is the growing cycle at all different in other words from seed because you're propagating with the seed you're not taking seedlings and yeah. then replanting so you're propagating from seed is there a change in that whole growing cycle with the plants that you grow you know, um, we, we make a commitment to our customers to grow the, the same products uh, year-round, um, and that does change our operations, though. Um, it is much harder to grow in some seasons as, as others, but we're still able to do it. Uh, it just, you know, it takes a little bit co more cooling from our evaporating cooling systems, and, you know, it's uh, a little bit more of a struggle in the summer months to, to get you know, seeds to germinate and, and to really grow to maturity, um, particularly, you know, like romaine lettuce and some of uh, some of our herbs in the wintertime. But, so, yeah, we grow the same products every day year-round. So, in some senses, you have some of those cycle peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. You're telling me because it is a controlled growing environment, you can grow romaine year-round. Yuma can't do that. They're mostly going to do that in the winter. But you're also telling me that your yields might be down in the summer because it's a little bit harder to maintain that perfect climate control in a greenhouse environment. Yeah, you're spot on. You know, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and there's thoughts, you know, um, of, hey, can we shift our customers of what they want, you know, in those off-peak month so that we're not fighting you know mother nature in, in that and and that's kind of a, a a more difficult task for us to do but we hope to sure. be able to kind of kind of work with that as well Romy it looks like you have a question well in observation you were saying about you know in the greenhouse and you can grow more year-round than you know traditional in-ground row farming you know Yuma January they're they're can't harvest fast enough another thing that a controlled greenhouse would have is you can go vertical, you know, on flat farming, right. the ground you have is what you can, you know, you could go vertical on this system indoor. We had the aquaponic guy on a few weeks ago with farmer Greg, and he was saying he's got to do his, uh, in ground to control the water. If you could keep that water temperature controlled inside this greenhouse, 
right? You, know, you you can start stacking your rows and you, you double your harvest in uh, without having to go yeah. buy twice as much land. Well, and yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Chaz. Oh, I was just going to say you're spot on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, there's a there's there's a few different things that you can do to really kind of you know add that multiplier effect to what you're able to produce with a controlled environment. And we even have, um, I need to bring them in next time. Don't let me forget Romero family. The, they're growing, that, I believe. Asking in, me not to forget <laughs> is almost like a, you know, a death sentence. <laughs> One of our, uh, another direct market farmer with the Farm Bureau family, They, I believe they're growing their vegetables in railroad cars. So the innovation and some of the things that are going on in agriculture today, if You've got the right recipe in place. You can grow just about anything anywhere if you're determined enough to do that. And Chaz is absolutely proving this point with some of the things he's doing. I, I also wanted to ask really quickly, I hope we're doing good on time, is so if you are living it and breathing it, you're growing uh, vegetables, which is such an important part of a balanced meal for us today as Americans, and you yourself are eating it, and you're eating your own product that you sell. So are you, when you meet with these students and you go give these tours to kids, are you teaching them about nutrition? Do you get a chance to kind of put that in the whole mix of everything that you're talking to students about? You know, we, we that's a great question. We don't deliver the nutrition education component of that. When we were doing this in conjunctions with the school district down here, they actually had, you know, one of their chefs from from their food service department and, and I think a dietitian or nutritionist um, actually provide that education. You know, we always say, hey, we're we're not educators, we're we're farmers, you know, in right. a way. And they're great at that, and, and they can really connect those dots a lot better than we can. But the hope is is that, yeah, hopefully we can pull somebody in, you know, within our company to be able to consistently connect the dots between production and nutrition. And you really need that combination. You need those expertise, by the way. And you may know her. I should connect you with Christy Wilson. She's based in Tucson. She's a nutritionist, graduate of U of A. And she's one of the, would be one of those individuals that could help with teaching the nutrition. She actually has her own businesses and is doing quite a bit, but she has that, yeah, she has that innovative attitude like you do. And I think it would be interesting for the two of you to talk. And I know she'd love a tour of your farm, but you did mention that you can expand and you want to move a little bit further North in Arizona. What else is going to be big for Merchant's Garden and Chaz Shelton in the next six to 12 months? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. We we hope to you know uh, another one of our milestones is again we hey we want to offer on site retail sales uh, here at the farm uh, as well as we really want to start doing value added uh, activities. So for us that's the packaging. You know it's one thing to have a farm in the city and grow it, um, but it's another to actually get the product in the form that the you know, the customer and the consumers really want. So, and what I mean by that is, is when you're walking into that grocery store and you see a four ounce, eight ounce bag of mixed greens or the one ounce clamshell. So we have a lot of interest to, to really start doing a little more processing here at the farm and including kind of like automated packaging. Okay. I, one of the 
pictures oftentimes I've used to feature you, you're showing those uh, clamshell packages of uh, some of your vegetables. And that's one Mm -hmm. of the things, that whole distribution and meeting all the requirements from some of your customers. And, you know, you constantly have to pivot to what the expectations of some of the retailers that want your product, right? Does it get overwhelming and complicated at times? You know, it's, it, it can, but, you know, ultimately, right, uh, the value of our food is, is only as good as our ability to, to convey that value to the consumer. Um, and so we're willing to go the distance to, to tell that story. And that's really what it is, is, is telling the story, you know, closing that gap from, you know, we're, you know we're, when, when there's not information, people, it's just human nature to tend to, to kind of, fill that information in and and we want to make sure that hey that information that out there is is true and accurate and and is is good it reflects really well on, on our products and so and um, and then it's just a great business opportunity for us too absolutely uh chaz shelton with merchants gardens here on rosie on the house this morning and one of the things i like to mention really quickly because you made it to the top 10 is you competed in american farm bureau federation's innovation challenge what happened there yeah you know um 2018 yeah we were considered a semi-finalist and we were awarded you know a 10,000 grant by uh, the american farm bureau which was fantastic for our effort and it allowed Um, you to invest uh, more in your business and what you were doing yeah exactly yeah it really helped us kind of move our company forward be able to to really invest in some infrastructure and some automation to yeah to to, to move scale. forward. We have one final segment with the Farm Bureau and our guest, Mr. Chaz Shelton, the Merchant's Garden out of Tucson. So, Chaz, we were looking on your website, and uh, I'm assuming it's for the chefs, but you can purchase quite a bit of head lettuce uh, on a monthly basis, correct? Yeah, yep, that's correct. And um, and as you expand your markets and some of the other things you do and then sell directly to the public right from your facility, from your farm, I'm not going to say facility. Mm-hmm. It is a farm. <laughs> it might not be a farm in the traditional sense of the farm, but it's a farm. You'll have opportunities for the public to come and kind of see everything you're doing in your on your farm. That's the hope. Yeah. Yep. With our expansion and some of the kind of the changes and developments we're going to be making over the spring and, and summer here, that we hope, yeah, this fall that yeah the customer could walk in. Um, you know, pick up some lettuce and see exactly how their food is grown. That's awesome. And thanks for being so connected with the public and educating them too, because we do think that's one of the most important things in agriculture. Uh, you always hear that phrase, it, it's overused, I think. We're three and four generations removed from having that connection with a farmer. And, you know, our family farm in Maricopa, which is now like a bedroom community, although my friends that still live there will get after me for using that phrase because there's still a lot of farming going on but um, we grew cotton wheat and alfalfa and we brought family and friends out to the farm all the time we were 
the hit and famous for that, but it's just not the same as to some of the things that you're getting to do with Merchant's Garden. And so we really you know, appreciate that, Chaz. Yeah, hey, no, it, it's honestly, it's an honor and a blessing for us to even, you know, um, be a part of, you know, the, the agriculture community. And it's filled with just absolutely wonderful people. And so, yeah, yeah. Any chance to share our story and the story of agriculture is is, is an absolute blessing for us. Well, that might be one of the questions. Now, do you connect with uh, some of our generational farmers that have been out at it forever? We've, you know, where you're located, it's a hop, skip, and a jump yeah. to kind of visit some of our other farmers. You know, I have, um, and, and and I'm part of a few different uh, kind of farm organizations, specifically here in, in Pima County in southern Arizona. Uh, a number of those are kind of, um, you know, new and beginning farmers, but there's also, yeah, I mean, multi-generational farmers that have been involved with that. So it's been a really great opportunity to receive some, some mentoring and just, <laughs> and comfort, honestly, you know, like, hey, uh, rainy days or, or dry seasons, they affect, you know, everybody, yep. um, and including us in the greenhouses. So and to be able to kind of be a part of that community is great. Just out of curiosity, where do you get your water? Are you on city water or do you guys pump from groundwater? Hey, a great question. We, we actually have city water. Yep. And, you know, we've worked with the city of Tucson here to, to be able to have a a carve out specifically for agriculture use. And so they presented that to mayor and council this week uh, and the conversations to be able to allow more urban and agriculture um, production in the city is by allowing a, a new kind of ag water rate, which is fantastic. Really exciting news. Well, just because our commodity was celery, I've at least got to ask, would you ever consider growing it in your, in your, on your farm? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love celery. Hey, it, it's just a matter of if, uh, if our customers want it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If they want it, we'll we'll sell it for them or we'll, we'll grow it for them. That's no problem. Tell us one more time the variety of leafy greens that you're growing. Yeah, our core items are uh, red leaf, green leaf, romaine, butter lettuce, and basil. And by the way, it's good. So when we visited, when the farm Bureau, Bureau came out to hang out with you. Uh, we visited and we uh, we tasted some of it. You gave it to us right there, and then we went to one of the restaurants that you serve some of your leafy greens to. You can see more yeah, merchantsgarden.com. Chaz, we wrapping up the hour, man. I can't appreciate uh, your time enough for carving out an hour to give us a little bit of education about what y'all are doing and share your story. Julie, thank you as always for thank you. being here for our Farm Fresh. You can go to fillyourplate.org find a local uh, local farm commodity product or farmer's market near you 